Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. My name is Lindsay Adams. I'm a child therapist, mindful motherhood educator, and your host here on this podcast. Today's topic is a really fun one because it is the topic that I am doing a talk on at the Inspo Creative Conference, which is an online conference full of entrepreneurs, women, mothers, who are sharing tips and tricks with each other and and just educating each other and being a community and support system to each other. There's a lot of different categories in the conference, but the creator this year thought it was really important to add a mental health portion, and so, which has been really nice. So I was able to give a talk, and you can hop on their website and get tickets for it. It is November 12th through the 14th, and sorry, I'm losing my voice a little. I have the fall cold that everyone else has. In the conference, you will hear from other women that have been on this podcast, including Chelsea Westman, who's a productivity expert, and then Parenting with Paige, who you know is like my bestie. And she is talking about, I think, healing your inner child so that you can show up and parent. So it'll be a really good one. I'm also doing a live Q&A on one of their panels on Saturday, November 13th. So if you purchase a ticket, that's included, and I will be there answering all of your questions about mindful motherhood in the real world. Let's just like jump into this topic before I give you some really quick tips. A mindful motherhood to me is being intentional and present in all of my parenting decisions and interactions with my child. And that doesn't just mean like the day-to-day like paying attention to my kids and um you know not having distractions like my phone it's much bigger than that and I think this is the piece that people miss when they think of mindful motherhood they think it's you know phrasing things a certain way or um you know, having certain rules or expectations. And for me, it's much bigger than this. And if you zoom out a little, it starts with envisioning the relationship that you want to have with your children when they're grown and how you want it to continue to look throughout the span of their life. And I heard this really cool quote. I can't remember where I heard it. If you know, message me and tell me where it came from, but it was that we raise our children to leave us. And I, that breaks my heart as a mom because I love my kids so much, but I want to raise my kids to leave me, but I also want them to be able to have like really healthy adult relationships with me. And so when I think of my life when I'm retired and the holidays and family dinners, what I want that to look at is what look like is what I base my parenting decisions and interactions from today on because I can't expect to you know show up as adults and say let's have this great friendship relationship together when we didn't have that as they were growing right and I think so many parents try and do that and then they don't understand why their child has so much resentment for them and it's because of things that happened in their childhood years 
no parent is perfect. I'm sure that my kids will have resentments and need therapy and I'm totally like open and aware of that. I also think that's the other barrier, right? As parents don't understand what their children are saying when they say they had like a rough childhood or they have resentments. They're like, what? Uh, against me? No, why? Right? And then I think really uh, the first part of mindful parenting is being aware that, hey, I'm a human being and you're going to have some damage because no one gets through life and being raised by another human without some damage, right? And the goal is just to really minimize that damage, but it's going to be there. So that's the the big picture of mindful and intentional parenting for me. And as we zoom in, then that looks like day-to-day decisions, interactions, focusing on building that connection now, repairing damage when it's done now, when they're younger, because that's how you get to that end picture. A lot of people also think mindful motherhood is doing yoga and meditation, and sometimes it is, but it's also a lot more than that. And meditation and yoga aren't necessary. It's more about being mindful in our parenting decisions or intentional in our parenting decisions and our interactions with our children. And that can look like meditation and having that um, spiritual connection or not spiritual connection, but um, it doesn't always have to. So if you feel like mindful motherhood isn't for you, I can promise you that you're wrong because I am the least um, granola person around and, and it's for me. So I try and keep it real about how hard parenting is, how hard life is and how we're all just kind of like doing this messy parenting thing together and trying to make it out on the other side. One of my favorite things to do is mesh, um, the things that I learned getting my master's in social work and from doing therapy with kids for so long and what I've learned in parenting because a lot of times the theories and the clinical stuff isn't, um, I mean, it's nice and it sounds nice and pretty in a textbook or when you see it in an Instagram quote, but when you try and implement it into your real life and get your kids to respond to that, um, or if your kid is neurodivergent, it doesn't always go how it looks and then you can feel defeated and in the shame cycle. So my first tip for mindful motherhood and and parenting intentionally is to recognize when you're in the shame cycle and step out of it. There is a huge community of positive parenting, conscious parenting, gentle parenting, whatever words we want to use for this on social media. There's books, all sorts of resources. And I think that's great because as a generation, we are really shifting from old school parenting to a different way of parenting. And while that is great, I think it can unintentionally create a lot of shame in parents who are trying to implement it because we're going to mess up and we're not perfect. And so when we do word a phrase the wrong way or, um, lose it and yell at our kids, we feel like the worst people in the entire world when really we're just human beings and we're learning too. This is the first-ish generation of people that are parenting this way. And so it's not like we have generations of 
patterning and conditioning to help us with this. We are literally changing our patterns and our neural pathways and parenting differently. So it's it's not going to be easy. And stepping back from like all those perfectly curated, you know, reels, TikToks, and Instagram quotes and recognizing that it's not going to look like that and it's not going to look perfect is the first step. And if you are someone who has um, about a trillion screenshots in your phone of ways to gentle parent or parenting ideas, or you have a you follow every account out there and it is overwhelming and shaming and makes you feel bad about yourself as a mother. I would encourage you to unfollow, take a break, delete the screenshots because yes, knowledge is power, but it's also paralyzing and you don't want to set yourself up to operate from a place of shame. So if you start from that place, your results are not going to be as as good or as authentic and you're not going to be able to show up as the mom you want to be and then it's just going to reinforce whatever shame belief you have about yourself as a mom like see I can't do this I'm not good enough I'm a terrible mom right and so I think sometimes just letting go of that expectation and that pressure to change every little thing and be you know suddenly the best conscious gentle parent in the world can feel like a thousand pounds off your chest. So that's my first tip is to take a step back. And if you follow an account that does seem for whatever reason to be triggering to you and make you feel bad, unfollow it or mute it. It's okay, even if it's mine, because you need to be in a healthy mental space to be able to parent your kids in a healthy way. And no matter what kind of um, parenting style you're using, If you are not okay and you're feeling terrible about yourself, it will come out in your parenting. So that's my first tip. Be mindful of the content and the tips. My second tip is to implement one thing or strategy at a time. Sometimes, especially if you're new to this world, you take in all the content. And I know I do this. I take in all the content. I read the book. I binge someone's like page or Um, their podcast and I'm like okay I'm going to do all these things and that doesn't even have to do with like mindful motherhood that could have to do with like a new workout routine or a new budgeting like system or being productive or cleaning like cleaning TikTok man I've been cleaning TikTok a lot anyway I'm like I'm gonna do things this way this is exactly how it's gonna look and I try to change too many things at once and neuroscience tells us your brain just doesn't like that it doesn't stick, we get overwhelmed and we quit. So the best thing we can do, and we stress ourselves out, right? And when your brain is stressed out, it automatically reverts back to your patterning or conditioning. And so we want to avoid stressing our body and our brain by making little changes and making them last. So when, if you're deciding to implement some parenting strategies or work on something with your kids or work on something in your own life, I would suggest finding the most important thing to you to change that's also fairly easy to change. So maybe it's that I'm going to yell less. I'm not going to work on how I word things. I'm not going to work on anything else. I'm going to work on yelling less. And I'm going to focus on that for two solid weeks or until I feel like I have it down. That doesn't mean 
once you add in another skill, you're not going to struggle, but it makes it less overwhelming and you have a higher chance of it sticking if you slowly implement things. Bonus tip, this also works on behaviors with your children. So if you want to work on a certain behavior in your child, or maybe it's like bedtime, they're struggling to fall asleep because they're anxious, focus on one thing you can do rather than all of the things because it just gets overwhelming and you don't know what's helping, what's not helping, you know, all of that. My third tip is to focus on yourself and learn some skills for regulating yourself and your emotions because you're going to need them and we cannot teach our children anything unless we can do it ourselves. So focus on maybe it's breathing, maybe it's other coping skills, getting your coping skills really, really solid so that when your child is having a meltdown or you're having a tough parenting moment, you have got yourself calmed down first. Learning skills is going to look different for every person and addressing whatever your particular triggers are. If you are someone that has a lot of childhood trauma, then it's going to look different and maybe like going to therapy, processing some of that, doing some inner child work versus maybe someone who doesn't have that and can work on learning some basic mindfulness skills and self-care skills to help them show up in a more mindful and present way. My biggest tip for responding calmly in the moment is has to do with sensory overload. So I asked in my on my Instagram stories and in the Facebook group that I run with Paige, the biggest triggers for like losing it with your kids. And almost everyone said, well, 50% of people said sensory overload. And it, it really is such a big issue that we don't talk about as much. And I feel overwhelmed so easily um, on a sensory level as well. So I totally get this. And the biggest thing that's been helpful for me and for other people is to get rid of all of the distractions if possible. So if your child's having a meltdown and there's 75 other things going on, try and focus just on the thing that you need to focus on, whether it's your child or if you need to just focus on cooking dinner and deal with whatever's going on with your child later, that's okay too. And then my second piece of advice in this situation is to get rid of the thing that is the loudest or creating the most sensory input for you. So sometimes this is going to look like um, turning the music or the TV off or taking care of the dog that's barking at a pitch that triggers you so that you can take care of the other things. And I give you full permission to take it one thing at a time. As long as the house isn't burning down and no one is dying, you can take things one thing at a time. It will be okay. And creating some type of mantra for yourself to get yourself through this situation can be helpful as well. That mantra can look like, I am a patient present parent. I am cool, calm, and collected. I am in control. Whatever comes to you in the moment or creating it beforehand so that you can say that to yourself. A lot of times I do I am a patient present parent or I'll do one thing at a time. 
one thing at a time. Just to remind myself to only focus on one thing at a time and then I'm able to be fully present with that thing before I move on to addressing the next issue. Now this isn't always going to be perfect and I swear motherhood is just multitasking all the time and so it's not always going to be pretty or look how we want it to, but it may look like asking your child to, you know, come stand by you while you stir dinner so then you can look them in the eye and give them the full attention that they need. A lot of times we have unnecessary background noise going on in our lives like music, podcasts, TVs, turning those off. Um, can really just help us focus in on the important thing or the thing that we need to be focusing on in the moment. So I hope some of these were useful to you. Um, and I hope that you are able to implement something and make a change so that you are more mindful in your parenting journey. If you want more of this, like I said, turn in, tune into the inspo conference this coming weekend and you will get a lot of these things and many more. I'm so excited to speak in the conference because I get to see all of the presenters and I fully intend on like binging the heck out of it. And I think you get access to the content for like six months or a year maybe. So that's nice. So you don't feel like you have to do it all at once. That being said, because of the inspo conference, I am offering um, a Black Friday sale, early Black Friday sale on my course. So if you wanted to grab my course, it is on sale and I will put the link in the show notes so that you can look at that. And there's also a payment plan available so that you can break it into two easier payments um, right around the holidays. If you're worried about your child having meltdowns or how you are going to help them cope through the busy, overstimulating holiday season, you definitely need to check out the course because there is a lot of good info in there that will definitely help around the holidays. Now we're going to get to our mom fails. And to be honest, I kind of, I had a podcaster fail and I didn't post my request for mom fails in enough time to get as many as I normally do. So I'm just going to share a few of mine. If you ever have a mom fail, feel free to DM it to me or email it to me and I would love to have it on the show. A majority of my mom fails and wins this week involve language because my kids are at that age where they are learning new words. I have two three-year-old girls and they are sassy. My, we don't do a great job in our house of censoring ourselves around the kids and we maybe need to do a little better about this, but we also kind of just talk how we talk and we tell them that those are grown-up words or words that they're not allowed to use. And we're not people that swear every other word, but we definitely um, can appreciate a well-placed F-bomb. So um, it happens. And that is, you know, uh, that's just me being me here, being real on this podcast. I'm not a perfect mom in that capacity. So Halloween night, my kids were sugared up. Oh, it's actually the night before Halloween because in Utah, we trigger treat on Saturday. Um, kids are sugared up, they're tired, and I have them in the bath getting them ready for bed. And I told Ava that she was going to have to go to bed early if she did not stop splashing water on her sister, making her sister cry. And she stopped and looked me dead in the eye. Like I'm like, I'm serious, stared me down, serious and said, 
you are effing up mom. (laughs) And I had to walk away because I just wanted to laugh and I didn't, that was not the appropriate response. And then she knew what she had said because she knows it's a bad word. She knows she's not supposed to say it. And I had just walked away and she started crying and got out of the bath and apologized to me. But she told me, you're effing up, mom. But she said the full thing, obviously. And uh, so we talked again about how we don't say that word and how that's a grown up word. But I thought it was funny. And now my husband teases me that I am effing up. She's both my girls are very sassy. If you believe in astrology, they're both Aries. Um, and so there is some fire there in both of them. Um, the other day they were playing together, the two girls and Sam was at school and I overheard Ava say to Ella, like, I've had it with you. I've had it with you, sis. She said, she called her sis. I've had it with you. And I just have to laugh because it's sometimes that's, that's me coming out of her mouth when I am, um, I've had it is something I say a lot when I like reach my limit. I'm like, I've had it just had it. And so I, it's made me be aware of how I talk to them. And I need to be more careful about things I say when I'm frustrated that I don't realize they're not, they're not, they're picking up on, right? Because they're not necessarily, and this goes back to what you were talking about earlier about being mindful in motherhood. So while it's funny, it's something I'm not meaning to communicate to them that I've had it with them or that I'm done with them. But I am just like saying it out loud because I'm frustrated and not even directly at them, but they are picking up on it and now saying it to each other. So it's one of those things that's kind of like shines a light on how you talk to other people, how you talk to um, yourself, maybe things you say about yourself. And so that those are my mom fails this week. I My mom win happens to be that Sam is very well um, versed on what he's not supposed to say. And so if we are watching a show or if anyone else says a word, including stupid and shut up, because we don't say those words in our house either, he will say, you don't say that or you're not supposed to say that. So the other day um, I said the F word, this one was me. And Sam looks at me and he goes, you don't say fucking mom. You don't say fucking. So I'm sorry if you have kids in the car. I said the F word twice. Um, So, and Tim and I got a good laugh about that because he was correcting me, but also saying it. And I think he uses it as his turn to say it because he does not swear generally um, because he knows. And he also has ears like a hawk. So ears like a hawk. I don't even know if that's a a thing. I think eyes are like a hawk. Anyway, he he's got ears. So if we're talking and we're like, ha ha, that's stupid or oh ha, shut up. Like he will be like, you don't say that mom. That's not nice. We don't talk like that. That's not very kind. So, um, and I had a friend over this weekend and he was telling me that his son, when he says something like about uh, they, maybe when he says something, he, the son doesn't like the son will say to him, um, that's not kind. You're not talking to me in a kind way. And it just me. I love kids, man. They just take every little thing and they will use it against you when they can. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a great weekend weekend and we will be back next week as usual. Check out the Inspo Creative Conference and my course on sale. Talk to you later. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional.
Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Lynn's L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams LCSW.